0: The heat of the July sun—boy, do we miss (laughs) that!—beat mercilessly on her back as she stood trembling at the edge of the swimming pool. Her toes functioned more like fingers as they gripped the rounded edges of that concrete deck. A voice from the pool beckoned again. Jump! Fear gripped little Emily's pounding heart. as possibility was held captive by uncertainty. She could clearly see everybody was having fun in the swimming pool. It's a place to have fun, but she could also see the danger of the depths of the billowing water— That awaited her if she jumped she shrieked i can't i can't her father assured her i will catch you and in that moment her mind was flooded with what ifs what if he drops me what if he makes me try to swim on my own what if i try to swim and i sink please daddy don't make me she begged with calm assurance her dad promised he would not drop her he promised to teach her how to swim He assured her she would be so glad she took the leap. Just jump. The cool, refreshing waters were far better than that scorching sun radiating on her fair skin. Cautiously, she leaned forward as her arms reached for her dad. Courage swelled as her tiny heart pounded rapidly. In an instant, trust overcame fear, and she took her father at his word. Splash! Fear is a powerful emotion. It has crippled the mighty limited the capable, It's mighty enough to keep us from achieving our goals and living our best. It feeds stagnation and keeps us from taking advantage of opportunities. Many people are living in the self-made prison of their own fears. But a life lived by overcoming fear is not only something we all deserve, it's something for which God commanded us to strive, which means it is completely possible. Without overcoming our fears, we can never experience some of God's greatest promises. We don't want to simply tolerate our fears. We must eliminate them. And we're going to learn how to do that right after
1: this. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives.
0: Good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. You're listening to LJ Herring, you're listening to the God's Word for Life Companion podcast. So glad you're with me today. Today's episode is a brand new series. You can still smell that brand new series smell. And it is entitled Victory Through Faith. In this episode, is called The Twelve Spies. It stems from a verse in Numbers, chapter 13, verse 30, where it reads, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Of course, he was talking about the promised land. It's a dramatic story. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egyptian captivity. They miraculously crossed the wet Red Sea on dry ground. It's one of Scripture's most amazing stories. Great steps of faith were required to walk along that seabed with massive walls of water standing as sentries on each side. I wonder what the fish thought as they came on their daily commute, came to that wall of water and thought, Wait a minute, there was water here yesterday. And what are all these people doing in our house? Weeks after this act of faith, this miracle, experiencing God's divine intervention, Israel was poised to experience the fulfillment of a promise God had made centuries ago. Twelve men eagerly assembled, representing each of the twelve tribes of a great nation God had promised Abraham. In Numbers 13, God commissioned them, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. The energy level must have been palpable. It must have been through the roof. As the joyful masses from each tribe assembled their leaders, hundreds of years earlier, God had challenged Abraham to trust him. Forsake the comforts of his homeland and familiar and family and set out for a land God would show him. Could you imagine how excited he must have been? Now imagine how excited they must have been. Tears of joy likely flowed as each tribe of this budding nation sent their representative to spy out the land. Here's our first question, and it's a good one. Why are people so excited and anxious about the future? Imagine God's desire for his chosen people. He had watched the faith of Abraham grow over time. Abraham witnessed the ups and downs in the life of his own son Isaac. He witnessed the painful feud between Isaac's twin sons, Jacob and Esau, and how Jacob was positioned to father the 12 sons who would lead the 12 tribes of Israel. God desired these 12 spies from these 12 tribes to finally witness and report on the promised blessings. He wanted them to see what he promised them the children of Israel, and to go back and tell them it is just as he said. It took a long time to build the foundation of that nation God had promised Abraham, but the time had finally come. God was positioning them for their promise. It was a hard and long process. It was even confusing at times. The children of promise experienced struggles along the way, most recently 400 years of Egyptian captivity, but God's timing and God's plan for them was picture-perfect. Over those many years, even in those many trying times, God was preparing his people to experience the beauty of his promise. Like a loving parent, God was leading his people. Every loving parent hopes their children experience the best in life. Close, deep, loving relationships, spiritual discipline, healthy independence, financial security. They top the list of all those priorities. And along the way, parents share the promises or blessings and benefits to come. That's part of our job as parents. Is to prepare our children to receive and manage all these blessings and benefits that come, but that includes and needs discipline and patience and lessons in gratitude. A mom and dad can understand the blessings and curses that promise rewards can bring. Give a teenager a car, and they are independent and mobile. But it's also the potential for great danger. Dating relationships, if they are approached maturely, can help a teen or a young adult wisely deciding on a life partner when the time is right. And I would say, wait till college. But that's just me. But a dating relationship without boundaries can delay a teenager's future. Life is full of opportunities and promises. Preparation to embrace them is usually as important as receiving them. So time for our next question. How does the way our Heavenly Father prepare us for opportunities and promises compare to the way our earthly parents prepare us? What, what's similar and what's different? God has so many promises for us. He knows our nature. And God will do His best to strengthen our character, mature our faith, position our lives so we can receive His best promises. And this takes time. If you've ever read the Bible and read about promises God has made to His people, you know it takes time takes testing, takes experience. We must be ready and willing to claim the promises of God when He prompts us to proceed, but fear can paralyze progress even in a godly person. Just ask ten of Israel's twelve spies. And maybe you've heard the story about Hern- Hernan Cortez when his men arrived in Veracruz, Mexico, he yelled at them, "Burn the boats!" except for he probably yelled at them, "Burn the boats in Spanish. Back in 1519, they had one goal, conquest. They could not retreat, would not retreat. And so Cortez ordered his men to burn the ships. It would have been easy when he saw the swords coming to get back on the ships and head back, but that was not an option. He didn't want to lead his men into the battle ahead while they thought they had any other option except victory. He understood human nature's tendency to lose courage and really want to live in the face of danger. So a retreat is an option. It's easy to go back, but when it's not, the only other option is victory. So courage has to overcome fear to press forward. Before Israel left on their journey, their 12 spies were commissioned to be of good courage. What they witnessed during that 40-day journey was amazing. It was breathtaking. The land they glimpsed was everything God promised and more. They brought back a testimony of a land that flowed with milk and honey. They came toting grapes and figs and pomegranates. But 10 of those 12 spies also came back toting a really, really bad report. They came back looking for the boats. They witnessed the promised land, and God had poised them to possess it, but their hopes were drowning in the sea of fear and disbelief. They were looking for a boat, but they couldn't find one in the desert, so they looked for a trail to go back to Egypt. They were blinded by the challenges rather than motivated by the promises as with courage, fear and disbelief can be contagious. The negative report, the Bible even calls it an evil report, and fears soon begin to trickle through the once excited, motivated multitude, promise quickly overcome by fear. Here's a question Why do you think people have widely differing perspectives of the same situation? Perspective is so powerful. Some people have a knack for seeing promise in every possibility, and some, have an act to see a problem in every possibility. For those, the glass is never half full. It's always half empty. They're kind of like Pooh's dear friend Eeyore. No matter how positive, Eeyore always found something negative to say. One of his classic lines was, I wish I could say yes, but I can't. In the middle of all those challenges, people lose their perspective. They get distracted by challenges they they just can't see what God really has for them. They miss the forest because they're so taken with the trees. They become so blinded they wish they could say yes, but they just can't. In Israel's case, 10 of the 12 spies failed to view the promised land through the lenses of God's miraculous power to keep his promise. Remember, they just saw the Red Sea part. They just ate manna from heaven. They just drank water from a rock. They can trust God. Throughout history, the people of God have experienced some of his greatest blessings because they refused to be blinded by the obstacles. David said yes to Goliath when everybody else said no because David was convinced there was a cause. Noah tackled the daunting task of building an ark, a boat, to save his family from a flood that had never happened because of rain that had never fallen, simply because he trusted God's word. The prophet Elisha prayed his servant would see through different eyes because all his servant saw was the army surrounding the city, but Elisha could see the protection and the provision of God. There were far more fighting for them than fighting against them. When we trust God, we can see through eyes of faith. The battle cry of the apostle Paul sums up the necessary stance of a child of God. If God before us, and he is, who can be against us? Romans 8 verse 31. God loves you. He loves us. And yes, Difficulties and challenges will come, but he wants us to see the big picture, the one he sees that he keeps his promise. Our task is just to be of good courage and say yes. Here's another question. What are some reasons people of faith fail to pursue and embrace the promises of God? Now, let me ask you this, and I honestly have never heard of him either. You ever heard of shemua What about Shaphat? Or maybe the story of Egal, the son of Joseph or Palti, the son of Raphu. I know it sounds like something from a cartoon. But maybe you've heard of the great exploits of Gadiel and Gadi and Amiel and the great feats and faith of Sethir, Nabi, and Guel. No? What about Joshua and Caleb? Ah, yes, ding, 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 ding. Most of us have heard of Joshua and Caleb, but the other guys like Jamuel and Japhat and Egal, not so much, because they were the ten faithless spies who lacked courage, were overcome by fear. Fearful, inactive people, they're rarely ever noteworthy. The courageous, those are the ones who inspire and motivate others to do great things. Joshua and Caleb were not distracted by the obstacles. They weren't afraid of the giants. They weren't intimidated by the tall walls. They were motivated by the promises of God. God described Caleb as having another spirit that led him to follow God fully, Numbers 14, verse 24. And that spirit prompted Caleb to declare Israel is fully capable to take the land God promised because God promised it. Faith will always prompt action. Doubt will cripple. Faith will mobilize. Fear will paralyze. And yet faith marches forward into the promises of God. Obedience is always the action when we believe God is fully capable of fulfilling his promise. So what happened to these 10 spies? Forty years happened. Forty years happened to them and the nation of Israel because they believed the evil report rather than Joshua and Caleb's good report. It should have taken them 11 days to go to the promised land. It lasted 40 years. Forty years of wasted time, shattered dreams, unnecessary loss. Forty years of wandering and waiting and wishing and being frustrated and disappointed and even disillusioned all because they were disobedient. Their fear, their rebellion, their disobedience led to lost promises for those who were 20 years old and older. They lost time, they lost opportunities, they lost blessings and eventually lost their lives without ever seeing the promised land. A 15-year-old would have been 55 years old before possessing the promised land. How many times have we missed out on God's best because we're limited by our own fear or disobedience. God's word is brimful of promises for those who will overcome their fears and surrender their will to his. At the very basic level, God wants everybody to be saved. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 reminds us the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. That promise of salvation is predicated on each person stepping out in faith, overcoming fear and self-will, and finding a place of repentance. Beyond that new birth experience, God has promises for his people, but most of them are conditional. They require us to act in accordance to the word of God. God responds to active faith. When we believe his word, when we humble ourselves and show our faith and trust him, we receive his promises. God cannot, God will not lie. God promised the devil would flee from us if we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil. James 4 verse 7. God promised our basic needs will be met if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6, verse 33. God promised we will receive wisdom if we would just ask him, James 1, verse 5. God promised we can do all things, not in our own strength, but through Christ who strengthens us, Philippians 4, verse 13. That list is long and it gets longer and longer and longer the more you read the word of God. Many blessed promises of God apply to us, but they require us to have active faith to possess them. One more question. What are some other examples of these conditional promises of God? Let's stay the course. Israel would have arrived in the promised land in about 11 days, and instead that 11-day trip stretched into a 40-year sojourn. And we look at them and we say, can't believe you guys, but what about us? Have we ever been guilty of the same offense? How many times could we have gotten through things much quicker, but because of our obstinance and our disobedience and our fear, we end up just prolonging the situation. Maybe we ask for forgiveness for some transgression, but we maintain our pride and become further estranged in a relationship. In this way, we forfeit the promised land of reconciliation. Let's move forward in courage and faith and possess what Jesus has promised. Okay, we wrap this up. On September 17, 1935, at 10 a.m., a child was stillborn. He had been revived, but he was rushed to the hospital with severe brain damage. The doctor's prognosis was very dim. He predicted this baby boy would not survive 24 hours. The doctor advised the family to pray for him to experience a merciful death because if he lived, he would never walk, never talk, never see, and that's all if he even lived. And yet that baby boy survived, and he faced some daunting odds, but he survived them. And his life story is riveting. He was always seemingly a step behind. Other children were learning to walk, and he was just learning to crawl. Others were running. He was stumbling. His parents spent countless hours working with him, determined to give him as normal of a life as possible. And after his first day of riding a bike, he was scraped up, he was bruised, he was black and blue and green. He leaned the bike up, and he declared, As only he could declare, and maybe you even heard him say it, and I I, I want to say it in the way he would have said it, not to imitate him, but just to remind you of who he was and how he said it. He leaned the bike up, he stared at it, and he declared, You had your day, but tomorrow is mine. I will break you tomorrow. I'll ride you. If I die, right before I die, I'm going to ride you. His name was Alan Oggs Sr., and he learned to ride that bike. In spite of his limited physical abilities, he went on to marry. He went on to have children, and he was a wildly successful evangelist in the United Pentecostal Church International. If you want to read a story, you can. It's in his inspirational autobiography, You Gotta Have the Want To. Many would have seen a life of obstacles and roadblocks, but Brother Oggs saw challenges to overcome and a way to show the greatness of God. He often used his disabilities and challenges to his advantage. He traveled the world preaching. He challenged people to be overcomers. He compared His physical challenges and his mindset of overcoming them to how all of us should tackle life's obstacles. And he declared his life's motto, which is the self-same as the title of his autobiography, You Gotta Have the Want To. Whatever we face in our lives, we must never forget the promises and possibilities we have in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what obstacles life or the devil throws our way. We must strive to see life through God's eyes. We must believe what God has promised He will perform through His strength. God's power coupled with our want-to faith can usher us into a life pursuit to claim the amazing promises in God's holy word. I would like us to pray right now for God to forgive us if we allow doubt or fear to paralyze us and ask God to help us to see life through eyes of faith. Lord Jesus, I believe you. Every promise you have made to us, you will keep. You will perform exactly what you have promised. I am fully persuaded, just as Abraham was, that you will perform what you promised. I pray today, forgive us. If we've ever doubted, if we have ever been fearful, if we have ever allowed fear to overcome faith, please forgive us. Help us to see life through eyes of faith. Help us to possess every promise you have for us, to trust you, that you will keep your word in your time according to your will. You will never fail us, never let us down. I pray this today. Help us to have victory through faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, God's Word for Life. Listeners, I pray this has been an inspiration and a blessing to you. Subscribe, share. Click the like button the follow the bell button, however you need to, to make sure you don't miss another episode of God's Word for Life and then share it with others so they don't miss an episode, especially those who need to hear this about seeing life through eyes of faith. Head over to Pentecostalpublishing.com. We have some outstanding resources, Bibles, Bible studies, books, music, you name it, it's there. Pentecostalpublishing.com. Speaking of seeing things through eyes of faith and possibility and fear and all of that, At the end of 2022, I felt God dealing with me about transition. And an open door has come to my family and me for me to be the director of curriculum for the Pentecostal Resources Group at our world headquarters near St. Louis, Missouri. And so after prayer and godly counsel and fasting and asking God for his will and direction, I feel perfect peace to accept that role. And my family and I will be moving very soon, starting in that role very soon. And that will include this God's Word for Life podcast. And hopefully we'll be able to get some social media and things that will accompany this podcast so we can interact with each other a little bit more. Some of these questions we're asking and have some discussion and help each other in our devotion. But I did want to mention to you that that change is coming. And so hopefully I can be a little more of a blessing being full-time there with this God's Word for Life ministry and be there for you. If you've got questions, either about the podcast or the curriculum, I can do my best to help you in that regard. So that's all coming new this year. I look forward to serving in that role, serving the the Lord Jesus Christ and serving you as you feed sheep and as you yourself are fed by the word of God. Next week, we continue this new series, Victory Through Faith, and our lesson is Crossing the Jordan. Of course, we're following this story from the story in the life of Joshua. And I'm looking forward to sharing that story with you next week. And always look forward to learning and living out God's Word for Life.
1: Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, Make sure to subscribe to this podcast, and if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.